Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It's the 3rd of March, 2023. There's a lot of threes in there. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in business and markets. I'm Nadine Blaney here with Andrew Gagan. Uh, How are you, Andrew? Yeah, I'm well. Um, All things considered, no, like that sounds as though everything's bad, but it's not. Although, you know, interesting time in markets, of course. Uh, We take a look at today. Looks as though we're, you know, finishing well, but overall for the week, what are we down around a third of a percent? Uh, Yep. Looks like that's the case. Um, So not all all is not lost, but this week wasn't the week that we saw any sort of momentum change of any note after a pretty rough February. Hey, one thing that I will say about this week is that the commentary out of China is looking more positive. So both with the PMIs, with the factory activity, uh, with the services index, and also just noting some comments coming from the central bank deputy governor saying that measures to support the property sector are gaining traction and that the property sector is improving. Also going on, Andrew, to say that the, the, uh, the central bank will support housing demand going forward. Um, so that's pretty bullish for that material well, space. Well, yeah, should we be surprised? They'll do what it takes, uh, given you know, the property sector's been just punished, of course. Um, but maybe more will be revealed when the People's Congress gets underway on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Of course, a huge event. Um, also, perhaps whether they'll give a growth forecast that um, that's seen growth of maybe between 5 and 6%, which, uh, well, for China, I guess, is fairly moderate. It is, but you could just see it in the in the miners this week when we started to get that positive data from China. Uh, you know, everybody I speak with says that this reopening will happen in fits and starts, but Isaac Poole, you know, just thinking back on the week, one of those commentators that has long been pretty positive on China from Oriana Financial Services, and he remains so. Also, you know, the central bank deputy governor talking about um, developing offshore yuan markets, talking about the yuan's role in investment and and risk hedging will increase. So clearly some mutterings ahead of this National People's Congress talking up the strength of China, even on the global stage. Yeah, so I'm mean, just looking at some of the price action we've seen in some of the commodity stocks there. Uh, another reasonable day. In fact, well, just looking at Fortescue, in fact, that's off today, but it has been appreciating quite substantially this week, despite those broker downgrades we saw over the course of earnings season. Yeah. I mean, I think you were talking about Morgan Stanley's view today, just talking about more positives than negatives. That's the conversation I had this morning with uh, with Jackson Aldridge from Cadence Capital. I do believe you can listen to that one via the show notes today as well. Uh, just saying that in their assessment, it really wasn't a very positive reporting season. Mm. Um, financials doing pretty well today. Actually, had a really interesting uh, conversation with uh, Stuart Roberts um, in regards to the banks. He forecasting that within ten years the four pillars policy is will have collapsed. Well, maybe they will have 
withdrawn it. But um, look, he's he's given us a, a view to a bank, an up and coming bank that he thinks has huge growth potential, did very well in earnings season. Do I give it away or do I do a teaser? I think you're doing a really good job teasing. (laughs) feeling a bit warm and fuzzy about this one, Andrew. Oh, we'll check it out then. Yeah, it's online if it's not in the show notes. If it's not in the show notes, it's online. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Banks, that reminds me of Evan Lucas this week, saying that the boring banks could be beautiful after all, particularly from long-term perspective, which I thought was surprising because we've talked about in reporting season, even with Commonwealth Bank, you know, peak profits, net interest margins are high, but, you know, the mortgage market's still so competitive, rising provisions, all the rest of it. But he said, no, for a long-term horizon, he thinks that there is some value in the banks on any pullback. So, yeah, we've done a lot of interviews this week. All of them are up online, and you can just sort of search your topic or your your personality, your expert that you're interested in, and catch up with some of that stuff over the weekend uh, if you so desire. Boring is beautiful. Boring is back. Uh, hearing that a lot recently. Nothing wrong with boring. No. Well, particularly when you've got inflation rising. You know, I had a another conversation. Actually, it was in the same conversation with Cadence Capital. Just, you know, these companies, these sectors that you can use to protect yourself against rising inflation because that's that's it, right? From reporting season, it was still a tale of inflationary pressures coming through Every CEO commented in some way, shape, or form, whether it was impacting their business or Mm. hiring or margins or, you know, how they were going to be able to negotiate the inflationary landscape. I mean, that's just the story right now from a macro view too, Andrew. Yeah, I mean, speaking of macro, well, I mean, next week it's all going to be about uh, the Reserve Bank with its latest – well, hike, 25 basis points uh, expected. I caught up with uh, Gianna Messina from AMP. So their expectation, 25 and then pause because they are seeing that weakness now emerge in some of the data out of Australia. I guess that inflation read this week was one of the points that people were pointing mm. to as, you know, ooh, that might give the RBA the ability to not sound as alarmingly hawkish as they did Last month, you know, it's the first Tuesday of the month next week, as you well know, Andrew. And so I don't know. I think that if the RBA changes its language significantly from what was very hawkish last time around, surprisingly so to some, what does that do to their credibility? You know, like, I don't know, the tone shouldn't change that dramatically from meeting to meeting. Well, maybe they won't. They just won't mention it, perhaps, uh, about (laughs) the future. I think Philip Lowe may have learned his lesson about uh, forecasts. In that Sounding a bit like Scuddy, if I don't say, <laughs> do say so myself. But yeah, I mean, you can tell in the US, Andrew, I mean, you come in and write about it and talk about it every morning. Those Fed speakers are all, they are on point. You know, there is no deviation from the messaging. Well, that said, though, in fact, we saw, you know, a rally into the close of stocks uh, overnight from Wall Street. That was after Raphael Bostic got up. I mean, he is a non-voting member. Nonetheless, he's uh, widely regarded. And um, he pretty pretty much reiterated they're going to go 25 at the next meeting when there is speculation growing that they could go 50. So, uh, well, Loretta yeah. Mester said that she would have hiked by 50 yeah, yeah, even then, this yeah, month. So, had that time over again. We've got yeah. jobs. We've got non-farm payroll data in the U.S. next week. So that's going to be a big one, I think. You know, because it's shocked so much to the upside last time, and it's a data-dependent Fed. So yeah, I mean every every data point now. Yeah. Well, in fact, we're going to get commentary from uh, Jerome Powell next week as well, uh, as well as our own. Uh, Philip Lowe, in fact, is going to step up the day after. Is he? The, I didn't know that. Yeah, about the decision. So huh. 
that may be the point then, Nadine, whether he uh, actually backtracks on mm-hmm. what they had to say. And as you say, credibility is at stake. Um, stock of the day, what do we do today? We did Retail Food Group, didn't we? Yes, we did. Claude Walker from A Rich Life and Mark Gardner from Macro Capital. Let's hear what they had to say. It, uh, I should say Retail Food Group looked to raise capital and it did so. It had a financing facility, some type of loan coming from Washington H. Salt Pats. You know, is that a real vote of confidence there? And then also uh, raising money through its existing shareholders. So let's take a listen to what they had to say. If it survives, there's potential good upside there for equity holders could even you know be a turnaround story it's not impossible but it's just a very high risk it's actually quite okay. possible that in the end that this one could end up you know in negotiations with its lenders in which case i'm sure washington asol Pattinson will, will do fine but the the equity holders could get wiped out or close to it okay look at that chart two dollars four down to eight cents uh mark gunner some pretty impressive franchise names in there there is but i mean quite like dominoes you know when when you're um when your input costs aren't stable yeah um and labor's tight and things like that it, it becomes an extraordinarily difficult business to to run so you can't make any errors really yeah. i think it's actually interesting that you know obviously Solpat's going in as um as a debtor is obviously gets them up the list so you know, I, I hadn't seen anything about them necessarily investing in the company. So they, right. they've obviously purposely gone and made sure that they're top of the list so that they yep. Yep. clearly, they're you know, secured. They're, they're definitely secured. So. so there you go. You'll have to listen to the entire episode of The Call to get their full um, thesis on that and 10 other stocks, don't forget, in detail. Um, otherwise, stock moves today, it looks to me really not dictated by news. <laughs> you know, we're in the wake of reporting season. We had some of those. Um, well, Liontown Resources was up by close to 12%. Square did well. So Block up by close to 3%. Um, we had some of the ex-dividends. So in the wake of reporting season, you know, all the companies trading ex-div, moving some of those share prices around. That included Ampol. It included Nine. Uh, so that's something to just, we've got to get um, across that every morning. You know, when you see these big share price moves, don't forget we're in ex-div season. Well, and also off the back of those broker ratings, a lot, a lot of stocks moving at mm-hmm. the moment, uh, just in regards to upgrades, downgrades. Uh, uh, just while I think of dividends, made me mm. think of changes to super because that's been a really big story this week as well. The changing of the tax rate for super balances above three million dollars. I spoke with Liam Short from Verante Financial Services. We did not get into the politics of it, whether it's right or wrong. What we did talk about is strategies that you can start to use now to mitigate any of the potential impact from the changes that are to come, which is worthwhile, you know, and worthwhile because I said, well, you know, isn't it just a, not a handful, but, you know, relatively few people that are going to be impacted. He said, yes, but when you get old Mm. and your spouse dies and you and, you know, their super balance comes over to you. So that actually increases the amount of people that should be sitting up, taking notice now and changing your strategy to help um, offset any potential impact. Well, if you're fortunate enough to have a super balance that is over $3 mm-hmm. million, dollars, uh, yeah, but um, yeah, interesting to see how that plays out, particularly as far as SMSFs are concerned as to whether that's actually going to increase the number of people that actually put their money in that space. Yeah, but I also think like... <laughs> You know, everybody's acting holier than now about tinkering with super. Well, every government tinkers with super. And it's just a shame if it becomes sort of a political football. I, I think that there's room for reform, I'm sure. 
um, whether or not this is perfectly designed is another matter, but um, yeah, hope that we can see the force for the trees, mm. you know, when it comes well, to some of I mean, what, what's trying to be achieved. Regardless of politics, I think surely there's got to be agreement that the super guarantee works. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at a lot of other countries where it's not there and the problems, you know, that people have in retirement, yep. just trying to fund pension. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of these tax concessions are are unaffordable. There's a lot of them out there for, you know, certain groups of people. So we'll see. We'll see what else comes from the government. Um, but we, we have been following that story and we will endeavor to bring you more analysis on what it could practically mean for you or for your planning in the future. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned to that. And you can listen to that interview with uh, Liam Short. It's up online. Yep. And I guess the other thing happening at the moment is uh, property prices. Interesting, we had a read on uh, CoreLogic yesterday uh, talking about where those prices are going. Actually, rose in Sydney. Can you believe that? Yeah, well, I can because I spoke with REA about it too. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, it's a question of whether what was um, Tim Lawless, good, great quote from him actually saying, whether either finding a base or in the eye of the storm. Um, but? <laughs> well, as in. You know, with more to come, we yeah. either have found oh, okay. a base in prices, okay. or it's gone quiet uh, because stock levels are low. But we've got more rate rises to come. That uh, that uh, property price uh, decline could begin to accelerate again. Mm-hmm. Anyway, well, I do only say that because traditionally Saturday is the day when you start looking for properties, isn't it? But uh, maybe not at the moment. No, maybe not at the moment. And. Uh, yeah, just uh, looking at the windows here, you know, what's what's in store for the weather this weekend? I think, I think I've got the weekend on my mind, Andrew. Yeah, yeah, and you're obsessed with the weather too. Um, <laughs> as we had that joke in the office, Scotty's obsessed with it too. Was, <laughs> yeah. I know there is a heat wave coming into the east of the country, so beware. Yeah, beware. Listen, I've um, we've both got to go. run. Yep. Yeah. Nice to chat, Andrew, and I uh, look forward to seeing you next week. Will do.